Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer, and broadcaster. But let me give you the context for this unusual podcast, which will be the first of a series based on not parts, but the full tape I made of an interview with the Saw Doctors in 1992 for my weekly music slot in the Irish Times, The Joe Jackson Interview. I'd taken over that slot from Dave Fanning. Thankfully, the arts editor at the time, Paddy Woodworth, agreed with my belief that the arts, including music, could be explored from a socio-political perspective and that songs, for example, could be seen as cultural artefacts and signifiers of their time and so on. Of course, it sounds pretentious, but hey, I wasn't nuts enough to shout all that shit out loud. We also agreed that my weekly slot should have more of a genre balance featuring all forms of music and not just guitar-based, four-piece, male bands a la you-know-who too and that it should have a gender balance. And Paddy and I agreed that given that the newspaper was called the Irish Times, not the Dublin Times, it should focus on the entire island of Ireland when it came to me interviewing our own musical acts. And certainly, working for Hot Press at the time and RT Radio 1 with Mike Murphy on the art show, as well as this being my third year into working for the Dublin, sorry, the Irish Times, I hated the snobbery I too often came across in music circles and socially on the rock scene in Dublin. If you were, say, a rich kid like Bob Geldof from Dunleary, you were cool. Whereas if you came from Galway, you couldn't conceivably be cool. It was all a load of crap as far as I was concerned. And a year or so after this Saw Doctors interview, I talked with Dolores O'Riordan, starting out in her career with the Cranberries, and she talked about the same kind of prejudice that was shown towards her band because they came from Limerick. I say all that to explain why my own Dublin bias comes across in this interview, even though I come from Dublin. It was recorded backstage at a gig, and it's the first of two, maybe three podcasts based on the chat. People seem to prefer podcasts that run for no longer than 20 minutes. And I'm posting it because last week, after I posted my later radio show interview with the lads backstage at a gig in Kennedy Castle, I was taken aback, way back, and delighted to see just how popular the band still are. And yes, I did post it before I knew that N17 had become a hit all over again. It just goes to show how timeless the songs of the Saw Doctors are. And of course, I have to stand over my Irish Times assertion nearly 30 years ago that their songs will be heard and be sung and have a social relevance long after a lot of the music made by navel-gazing rock stars in Dublin circa 1992. Enjoy. Uh, I just had a, I did an interview yesterday with Lorena McKenna. Do you know her? The harpist from Canada. She was talking about, and I thought of the same thing when I, I saw Prince recently. She was talking about rock and roll music turning into a spectator sport. That people are, and I felt that at Prince, that, that he was dropping down tablets of songs to the audience. People weren't involved. Yeah. They weren't emotionally drawn into it, and it's turned into a poet reading from the side of Mount Olympus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that this kind of interreaction has gone. Yeah. But that's certainly not true of the saw doctors. I mean, you, you seem to work whether it's the structure of the songs or the nature of the show to make damn sure that people are involved. Yeah, I know. If I go to a show, there's a great buzz out of shouting or singing or dancing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I suppose an awful lot of the bands lately are kind of. I, I see, I mean, I see bands, you know, going around venues and you see set lists yeah, left yeah, right, by bands. Right. And uh, the set list is the same since January right. 1989. Right. You know, yeah, exaggeration. Yeah, but yeah, no, they just do a set list for the tour. 
that, that can't be right, you know. It's like because every building you go into and every group of people you deal with are different. Right. Like right. so one one time the biggest song people are singing along with the North Side is Why Do I Want You? That'll be their favourite. Generally that wouldn't be in Ireland now, that'd be America or right. some some nights that'll be the biggest one. Then another night it's like the N seventeen Stone and the Glass of Green. Every group of people is different. Right. What works for one group won't work for another group. And you have to just try out all the things right, to see right. what's going to bring them in. But aren't your songs structured? Like to give them the call back. It's like replying calling gospel songs. Like in that. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's leaving an opening, you're actually pausing and you're waiting for them to come in. I mean, is that yeah. just the way things have evolved with these structured songs? It is, yeah. I you mean, know what we, I mean? We love catchiness. I mean, Davies, Davy invents tunes that are always going to be catchy. Yeah. And they're, they're basic, like, primitively catchy, right. you know. Right. So, yeah, I suppose that's, well, that's what we like ourselves, you see. Right, you know. Right. Well, they say football chants, you know, it's kind yeah. of street sign, football chants. It's all, mm. it's the opposite of this other stuff that I've seen in rock and roll. Yeah. It's coming from down there, it's coming in the fields, it's coming from chip shops and mansions, and everything's right from out there in the community. Yeah. I mean, is that just the way you naturally see life? Or are you making a conscious decision to make sure these are the things that are reflected in the songs? Well. Like there's a rock and roll vocabulary over the years that has that has become very limited and stuff. So I think that that we're lucky that that we kind of cracked into a, another avenue of a vocabulary for right, people that right. that meant something to them. You know, right. meant something to us. Right. And so easy. It's the obvious thing staring you in the face. It was like nobody was talking about to it. write like you talk. Yeah. Right. But people. surely. It, uh, like I suppose that's how Lou Reed wrote how he talked, you know, yeah. and that became yeah, yeah. a standard set of rock and roll vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So then for us to do something different, I think it's just an extension of that, like right. myself. Right, right, right. You know, you were uh, you're playing here tonight, and that's this is one of the few gigs. Ollie was telling me that kind of Dennis wanted you, you had a choice to do one major gig and two kind of warm-ups. Yeah. Why specifically here? Well, it's just this is an us. easy crowd. This is us. This is the hardest crowd in the country. No, Tune was the hardest for us to play. Why? Because uh, it's embarrassing. Everybody, you can't throw any shapes. You can't be <laughs> the rock star. You know, you can't. All right. Have that element of stardom that you can have where people don't know you. Right. And you know, and we play a bit. You know, a tiny little bit of that because people get a buzz out of that. Okay. okay. But you can't do that here because it's too embarrassing. Probably if you did it, they'd like it, but it's way too embarrassing for us. Like we played down walk past them on the street the next morning. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, we played down a tune lately. I think it was about right. two months ago. And it was it's really embarrassing. I mean, you're looking down and everybody knows you. Right. I've known you for right. 15 years. There's a bloke down there, you're on five with them. And everybody in, you know, everybody in tune has seen me make a fool of myself at some stage in my life. You know. So there's, I'm not going <laughs> to go and make a fool of myself again. No. But it, do, you, do you really feel that it is a harder crowd though? Because do you not feel you almost have them? Because they love you, they love the music, they love the fact of what you've done for Joe and that, no? Now, they're, these are the people that know us the best. They're our best critics. Right. And these are the people that expect something new from us every time. Right. They're the people that right. see us the most often. Right. So we expect ourselves to be newer coming here and somewhere like Joe every time. And that's the hardest thing in the world to do. So it's not like I talked to the pop suckers and they were snagging the groups who use Ireland as a rehearsal. Uh, like Death Leopard and that. You're not using the tune as a kind of rehearsal for the no, rest of the country. No, we're, we're using it to see if we're any good. You could use the rest of the country for a rehearsal for tune. <laughs> we, we use the, the local gigs right. to see are we right. as good as we used to be. Right. You know, right. Because when we started off, we were no inhibitions. This is 
these are the people that are going to be our critics, these are the people we have to entertain. And they're the hardest people to entertain, the people you know. Right. And this is where we cut our teeth. We judge our own standards by what the locals think of it. Well, uh, how important is money in this equation? Does that tend to take over? Because I know you're going to get a good song because you have to cancel out a lot of gigs to do Fela. Yeah. So you're going to get well rewarded for that. Well paid for Fela, it's great. So how, 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 big an, how big part of the equation has that now become? What does that dictate? Well, I know it sounds all cliche, it's a terrible thing to say, but none of us are doing it with the money. Like, right, still. Know, yeah. Does it not become a corrosive, potentially? No, because we, we, we still haven't started paying ourselves more than 100 quid a week. Right. We right. still don't have any. Ollie's are up to 150 now. Well, Ollie's is 150. If you were paying tax, you'd be getting 150. Oh, right. right. We right. pay ourselves 100 quid and uh, right. our organisation pays our tax. So it's, right. so it's, like, it's the equivalent of getting 150 quid a week. Right, right. You know, right. But it's 100 quid take home. So we're not rich at all. We still, we're still serving our apprenticeship. Uh, we haven't said, right, let's take what we have and divide it out and see if we can make oh, right, more money. Right, right. It's all the time going ahead towards... To build what though? To build the financial base to get you more freedom as recording artists or what? Um, yeah, you see, we don't like doing many gigs because right. we try to be, we really try and be fresh every time. Right. And we get fed up of each other if we're around each other too often doing gigs. It's hard work. I mean, we could have gone out right. for the last two years and done gigs five nights a week. Yeah. No problem, but we didn't want to do that. So it's costly. You know, we've a wage bill every week. It's yeah. costing us yeah. not to play. Every night you don't play, it costs yeah. you money. Right, right, right. You know. And then some of the gigs we play are not meant to make money either. But right. we did like a couple a lot of the warm ups like tonight know we made money, but all the other warm ups didn't make money. That's right. You know, I mean minimal amount of money for for, yeah. for what to be doing. Yeah. We're really not doing we're trying to build it up so that it's always fresh. And that costs us money. It costs us money. We've never made money on a tour going to England, but we've gone. We've lost money on two American tours, right, but we've gone. Right. You know, it's like the, the PRS checks have kept us going to be able to invest in all these things. All right. But is it true that you that the uh, gig last year here brought five million into June, all told? Oh God, I don't know. Or is that, I mean, that was a newspaper report I saw. Yeah, I mean, who could count it? I don't know. Right. But it definitely brought brought a lot of right. good times and good right. spend for. So I get for you a big drink all over the town and all, no doubt. And free clothes in the clothes shops. Come on. There's a couple, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of bars that give you free point. Uh, that's all. All right. That's yeah. the limit of, of starting there. Oh yeah. I mean, what would you want it for? I mean, right. you'd feel silly not paying for your drink. Right. Is there any doubt? I think uh, in a way, I think that you. Uh, some of would, would give a lot more inspiration to about a thousand young bands around the country than maybe you two, or maybe they can identify more with how you did it and what you're doing. But is there a downside to all this, or is it all now heaven? Well, you know what I mean? Are there additional pressures on you as a songwriter? Yeah, we've less time to write songs. It's, it's hard to write right. songs now. Right. When you need your head clear and be living a normal life to write songs. And that's, that for me, is one of the bigger drawbacks of the whole thing. Right. Obviously, the more pressure on us to write better songs. Right. People are asking us, what are you saying? Like, you know, why, why are you singing these songs? I mean, we can't answer it. We're just singing them. We've made right. them up. We're singing right. these the songs we made up. We want to sing it. We're not here as a political party at all. Right. But because we had like N17, which is a bit about immigration, and right. uh, they kind of want to bring a bit of religion into a small town Ireland, people are saying these are the spokesmen for rural Ireland. Yeah, yeah. It was never our idea really to become the spokesman for rural Ireland. We wanted to 
just make up these songs that we could enjoy listening to ourselves. And then other people enjoyed them, and I was really lucky. But you like, I was listening to a couple of songs from the new album, like, uh, the kind of all the way from tune. I mean, they, they are anthems for a people, whether you want them to be or not. I'd love it to be. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I think it's going to be. I think, I think it's great. <laughs> but, I, but I think they are, I think, top politics in a small thing, <laughs> where it's talking for people who may have felt only people out there didn't recognize us or didn't know. But to sing Tom Murphy's celebrations in song, he'll, he'll praise you till he dies. You know what I mean? So that's a political act without it being a flag waving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, the, but you're, yeah. Not, you're still not setting out with, with the the aim of giving a voice to people in Galway or the West or Tune that hadn't got it before. Yeah, I mean, hopefully people will sing that song in Tune, I mean, that, that's what you'd love. I mean, we always said we'd love if we could write a song that people would be singing in a yeah, pub yeah, yeah. 30 years' time, like to sing the Wild Rover and all. Yeah. Which are, you know, they get cliché and, and you hear them so often you get fed up with them. And then if you if you actually sit down and hear them out of context someday, they're brilliant songs, you know. Right. It's got great melody and great singing. I think that's why they survived. Right, right. But how much of it is the the, the bring, uh, focus on the West and Galway? Well, because we've had all these readings of the whole stunning saw Doctors Magnus Galway's Art Festival. That's a big anti, or just to show Dublin that you you guys haven't got it all, never had it all. And how much of it is that? We've nothing against Dublin. Like, I mean, the big line for me on the album is, no matter where you're from, everyone is local. Right. It's in the tune song at the end. Right. You know, like, with the tune song, I hope people would get off it. I mean, obviously, it's all about tunes, but we're from. Like, what I'd like it to say to people is, Grand, that's us. No. Your turn. Let's hear. Let's hear Swinford song. Let's hear Kenny Gad song. You know, right. it's the same thing, right. you know. Right. right. But is there not a divide? Do you know, and if you don't perceive a divide between the West and Dublin and this whole. Apparently, that the Saw Doctors and Ollie don't like the media set in Dublin. I mean, there's, a just, of, there's, a, there's an odd look in the media that doesn't like us. Right. You know, they're very odd. I mean, uh, we get on awful well with 90% of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a yeah. tiny thing that people would like to see there, I think. You know, well, so. I want to get that clarified now, because I may have misread that uh, before, yeah. from either the hot press background or whatever. Yeah. You know, so I want to get that out of the way. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. Yeah, we'd just like to be seen as doing what we do and let the band from Dublin do what they did, you know. I mean, I'd see our pictures of where we come from not very dissimilar to what the Boomtown Rats did. Right. You know. Right. And there was nothing uncool about them. Yeah. But uh, there is, yeah. like, there's a word They were singing about them Mary. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why not? Like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play to them. I mean, there's a worldwide thing where urban is seem to be above rural. Oh, I see, yeah. You know, there's yeah, that. Yeah, That's yeah. in the movies, all the... Yeah. The, the well, the rockers, the early rockers got that. Yeah. Because they came from the Hickville South, and everyone else came from the North, yeah. New York. But it's only, uh, I think it's just right. in people's heads. Like. But I don't think, I mean, if there are a couple of oddballs in the media who have this divine uh, perception, and you have people praise you for it, like you have John Waters doing his oh, yeah. essay, describing how you are doing these things, so that's not on your side. It's not at all there in the fans' mind. Not at all. Dublin kids love us. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the young kids love us in Dublin and the older people as well. Right, right. I mean, you can see that. You see that. I can, yeah. We walk down the street in Dublin and people stop us and tell us we're great. Yeah. But, I mean, so it, seems like trip it seems more like a little media game that's been set up between a few critics rather than on the street. So. Yeah, I don't think anybody, you know, that you're, you're a Dublin person. Right. Whether they like the Saw Doctors or not, I don't think they have any problem with them. You know, I mean, obviously, 
everybody isn't going to like us, but everybody isn't going to like the Dublin band either. Well, what about those people who I read those things about John Waters saying that you abandoned and hated them and you were violent and disgusting? That probably appeals to the punk in you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's great to think somebody is sort of violent and disgusting. I mean, we're delighted with that. I mean, we're going to use that so many ways. Yeah, I mean, if, if nobody thought that, you'd be in trouble, you know. That's true. You know, you're, you're, you're Daniel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just be something wrong if you aren't a bit violent. Well, what was your response? Did the rest of the band think these people are just prejudiced, Joe, and they don't have you know their art on their elbow or what? Well, obviously you read it first and say, oh. <laughs> but then you just think, you know, <laughs> how do I spell that? But <laughs> 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 then you just think, well, crap, that's their opinion and they're entitled to it. And of course right. everybody right. isn't going to love us and it's a bit of crack. And right. It's something you can bounce off. But if your records get banned, that's actually an act. Well, I thought that was, I, I, uh, I thought that was uh, disappointing. Right. You know, that, that I... I thought that was discriminatory. Was that against a song? I don't know. Was that against a song? I think we used to love it. We were in, the, in uh, I think one of the radio, local radio stations in Belfast as well. I think it was the community radio station. All right. And uh, there was a notice up on the wall. Uh, and their their policy was classic hits. They said. Right. And there was a notice from the manager to all the DJs. One of the DJs had us in for an interview. All right. She was lovely. But uh, there was a notice up. Uh, please note, contrary to the DJ's playlist at the moment, or, your, or what you might be playing uh, Saw Dr. Dice the Lover is not a classic hit, but should not be played on the stage. Jeez, that's amazing, you know. So they probably done the same to uh, the early rock and roll songs. Elvis' That's All Right Mama is not a classic hit. should not be played alongside Frank Sinatra's High Hopes. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it'd be great to think that. I mean, we're, we're also going into a strange era, like where Elvis was new and it was so new. We're, we're in an older kind of an art form here. I mean, it's at this stage. That's yeah, kind of I don't really know where it's going. Right, you know, right, I don't right. know where we're going. Tell me about the retro feel on the new album. And I know you're mocking in the '60s about doing your dope and taking your pills and feeling ill. I mean, but the sound has the kind of echoes of the Dwayne Eddy guitar licks, yeah. the Hammond organ. These are our favourite songs. Yeah, you know, They're really strong. I mean, but you also, where's the standards going? <laughs> You'd be surprised. That's a hard thing to do. That's that's a phase that that's common now. I think because we're getting a couple of more songs together that right. are going to have loud guitar. Like Davies right. loud, Gibson plays X guitar. I think is going to come to the fore again. Okay. But it's just uh, the sound of the band. We're not able to play those songs very well. We have a lot of them. We're not able to play the the punky ones. Yeah. Right. Right. Like we have a song uh, song from Brian Jones, which is right. written in a uh, just. Songs of Brian Jones kind of thing in a Rolling Stones type fashion. Right. And the oh, band, oh, be. not not quite, but like, right, right. Nah, nah, you know, kind of big, yeah. thrashing guitars. The band aren't good at playing that kind of music yet. You know, it's something we have to get right, used to. Right, right, we found right. we found a kind of music we're really good at playing naturally. The, the six people in the band gel together on certain types of songs. Right. And then there's others we're going to have to learn how to play. But there's a continuity. Now I only heard six songs from the next album. There is a continuity of sound in it. Mm. I mean, did you like that now? Or I did, yeah. No, how, I did. How far did it, did you feel it brought you away from what you expected the Saw Doctors to be? Well, uh, I don't know. I thought it was it was it was as I say it was a more consistent sound, kind of as if uh, a unified sound with with. Um, I can see, but but Ali told me there's another six songs, and I don't want to make a deal yeah. about six. Yeah, but the other six are more. 
what one might expect. Yeah, because the hair rap and Pied Piper and, and tomorrow kind of traditional and. and well, I didn't. I just, but I really, felt, I didn't expect it to be that firmly sixties-ish. Uh, mm. You know. Well, they're our favorite songs. You see, right. our, like our favorite album, right. myself and Davy's favorite album of whatever year it was, the mid-80s there, was like the Steve Irwin guitar tone album. Oh, right. I mean, maybe Jesus, you know. Right. He's got everything on there that we right. ever wanted. You know, right. the Hammond right. organ, the big guitar, the acoustics, the right. simple right. drumming, bass playing, harmonies. That was the kind right. of album we always wanted to make. Like, Steve Irwin. But Steve Irwin was kind of looking backward too, wasn't he? Getting yeah. to Dylan and the 66 sessions and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was just those sounds though. Like right. the Hammond organ right. has survived and the big guitar. They're just beautiful songs. Right. I mean, you'd find it hard to to hear songs that that are done by more modern people that are that I prefer. That you match that. Yeah. But what do you have to if you if you're using that again? What do you have to add to it to make to let people know it is 1992? You have to. I don't know. Um, you know what I mean? Maybe your own worldview. Yeah. The fact that it's coming from tune. Yeah. Not, yeah, once the lads are song. singing, once Davey is singing a song, for me, it's always going to be us. Oh, right, right. So it's got a vocal over those sounds that makes yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they're sense. always going to be, we're always going to have primitive guitar riffs. Yeah, yeah. You're never going to hear us playing that complicated. Right. Well, you know, I mean, all the other singers may have been doing the dope and taking the pills, but they weren't singing about it. <laughs> <laughs> but we can do it. Like, that song was written, like, kind of, Slag and Paddy, that drives for us. Oh, right. You're not going to get him in the shit, are you? No, he doesn't care. He loves to be slagged. But, you know, it's like, I tell listen, lads, I tell you about the 60s, you know. Oh, right. Right, right. But I like that because it juxtaposes, like, the JFK getting shot down and the wedding and the and the... The local event and the... And the football match. I mean, people forget the 60s was Galway. Up Galway. Galway's era of football for somebody living in the or it was... You know, those people right. experimenting with drugs and children, right. I'm sure, right. at the time. You know, right. Right. I hear the ones. Are you just getting into all those things now? As no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested in drugs at all. Um, we take rocket fuel before gigs. You know, it's a ginseng-based uh, natural upper. You know? Really? Yeah. I mean, I'd, know, I'd, hate to get, I'd hate to get involved in something that I thought I needed. Well, if, if you can't be sorted with the 60s ethos, which people might think you are becoming, yeah. you might no. want to recreate it all. Well, we're not at all. We're, right. we're, uh, we're not at all be sorted by the 60s, but we like, love the music of the 60s and the sound of the 60s. Right. But Galway also has that image of being a kind of smoke city and dope city. There's a lot of smoking. Yeah. Not, not heavy stuff. Yeah, there's, so no there's a lot of people who transplanted themselves from the 60s yeah. and they love smoking. So, I mean, you're, you're part of all that ethos. Well, we, like, I suppose. Um, we're kind of in the town where it happens, like, but, uh, but if you know, know, no problem with if it. If you don't you want know. to say anything, just tell me. You know, no, if, I mean, if you have a reason not to, tell me you don't, you, you yeah. have a reason not no, to. No, we don't actually smoke, but I know loads of people that smoke. Sure, you know, yeah. the Garrison is saying, like, come on, tell me who are all these right, smokers. Right, right, right. Uh, I thought you were going to say, I know the Garrison did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, I, it, like, it is a wonderful culture right. in itself because people just enjoy themselves and, and they don't get, they don't get sloppy drunk they don't go fighting right. they don't you know right. I mean I right. don't see what the big right. problem is with it. if you write out of it though do you use it to help write no see I don't smoke hardly at all I do right. it very often right. 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 I wouldn't I, I'd use I, most of my best lyrics are written with Guinness on me 
Are they? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you're not going to plug to get us in there somewhere. Okay, what about this? You started uh, a credit for watching asses in mass. Do you not feel guilty about that? I don't think we started this. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, people just you made it spread around the country. I think we made people think, oh, geez, that's what we were doing. <laughs> they identified, yeah. Okay. And now everybody in mass kind of turns yeah. in that way. It wasn't me. It's, it's funny, I was at somebody's uh, funeral a couple of months back. And uh, like we'd done the song and gone and gone off with it and everything, and you know, it was a performance thing for us for a while, and still is. We have to perform that time. But uh, I saw this girl standing in in the church at this funeral. It was really quiet, quiet uh, funeral down at the back, and I immediately it, it was the picture of. Oh, how, how everybody perceived the song. I saw it. All right. There was just this kind of uh, reverent. I was. It was really sexy, like, you know. Sex and death. You can't beat the two. Yeah. It was <laughs> exactly. You, it was. That's what people saw in the song. I'm sure I would know. You know. And it's, what, it's probably. It's probably what I saw in it at the start, and or however whoever right. the writers were, how we all saw right, right. the thing, and then uh, I just. It, yeah, but you're, you're, you're a true, you're a true tune man. You go for the ass rather than the death. <laughs> not for the death. I mean, I don't. You can't uh, deny. You can't. You have to touch death somewhere because it's, it's everybody's. Like it's the biggest thing for everybody. How do you touch it? Well, you you have mean, to, experience you have to, it that closely. Yeah, well, you have to write about it as well. I think. Right. Have you? Well, the hope you meet again song. The last album right. about somebody right. being having right. died and. Right. It was like kind of uh, hope you meet again. I don't know whether you will or not, but I hope you do. Right. For your own good, because right. obviously it's what you really like, you know? Yeah, yeah. If you have the faith, there's anything beyond this. Yeah. I hope you meet again. If it works, brilliant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I should correct something. I said in the intro that uh, my Dublin bias, I meant my anti Dublin bias. And by the way, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. If you want to read the article that I wrote out of that chat, check joejacksoninterviewer.com. Part two of the podcast will follow in a week or two. Thanks for listening.